Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. The UFC on ESPN Plus One is going down on January 19th just a little over a month away and there have been some changes in the fights and what's going to take place where the UFC is supposed to have a card in Anaheim on the 26th of January but they've moved some of the fights that were supposed to be over there up a week to UFC on ESPN plus one to start things off with a bang and in doing so they have put flyweight championship on the line Henry Cejudo versus TJ Dillashaw John Morgan brought up something in an interview with Dana White which I will reference a couple times today but in it he asked hey is moving that up an issue for TJ it's like oh no no TJ's a professional he'll, he'll, he'll make it he'll make it TJ has never ever fought at 125 and not having that week might come back to bite him as far as being able to fight for the flyweight title should be a phenomenal fight and really that's the part of things that makes this fight so interesting is that I want to see and the world wants to see how will TJ Dillashaw perform a full 10 pounds below what he normally weighs in at I don't know if you've seen TJ Dillashaw really paid attention dude is ripped I mean, there's like no fat on him whatsoever. So how do you get down to 125 pounds and have a week less to do it? And and you already are trying to find ways to lose that weight. I don't know. Amazing. Now, one fight that was made for this card and then it was off and now it's back on, which is shared last week, is... Rachel Ostovich and Paige Van Zandt. As you know, because for the past three weeks I've been talking about this, Rachel Ostovich was the victim of domestic violence at the hands of her husband. It was rumored that her orbital bone was broken. Uh, they say you can still see the black eye that it was uh definitely some damage done but she wants to push through and she wants to fight Uh, and what bigger stage to do it on than the UFC's launch 
on the world leader in sports ESPN we'll talk a bit more about this in a moment because there was another fight that was made that has or could have some implications on this fight but we'll close out with that one Jeff Neal is taking on Bilal remember the name Muhammad you got Ewan the Hulk Kutalabra taking on Glover Teixeira Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alum Alonzo Minifield versus Venezius Morea. Dana White uh, looking for a fight alum Randy Brown taking on Chance Recontre. JoJo the Whisperer. Yeah. JoJo Calderwood. Joanne Calderwood will be fighting Arian Lipsky. And then the fight that was made that could have some implications on that Ostevich Van Zandt fight is the debut of former NFL lineman for the Dallas Cowboys and the Carolina Panthers defensive lineman Greg Hardy will be making his UFC debut versus Alan Crowder and Crowder in an interview with MMA Junkie said just flat out this looks bad he thought that the company really didn't think about the optics of it and that this was a bad way to start off their relationship with ESPN well based on what Dana had to say he did think about it and in that same interview that I was sharing about earlier he told John Morgan of MMA Junkie that they talked to Ostovich who says she believes in second chances said that Hardy hasn't done anything to her and she's fine with him being on the card now because of her Christian roots and training at a gym that's like Jesus is Lord I can believe that she may very well have said this but until I hear it from Rachel's lips, I'm putting this in the Dana Speak file. This could be genius by the UFC, and ESPN surely hasn't said anything about it, at least not yet. This could be genius because you have the compelling story of Rachel Ostovich fighting national darling in Paige Van Zandt someone who is known for her time on Dancing with the Stars and things of that nature. So that's going to bring eyes in. Then you have Greg Hardy, who's definitely going to have people tuning in to watch to see either him succeed or fail. Either way it goes, people are going to be interested in that. And then you put this whole dynamic in Again, this could be genius or it could blow up in their face because if you get a lot of activists who are strongly behind eradicating domestic abuse, they could protest and things of that nature. However, Rachel is fighting and she's the one who received the domestic abuse, you know, but anyway, this could go so many different ways. And again, this could be great. It could blow up in their face. 
we'll find out either January 19th or uh, if there's a change that's made to the lineup. Now, Bellator, they haven't been quiet this week either. And they are quickly becoming the king of back-to-back events. Next week, they've got two of them in the 5-0. That's right, Hawaii. In February, they're going to do it again, brother. This time in Connecticut at Mohegan Sun. And both of the fights will take place at Mohegan Sun, which I find really interesting. First card, kicking things off. You got Mitrion versus Kari Tonoff. That's going to be on Friday, February the 15th. And then turn around on the 16th. A DAZN exclusive. And honestly, I really think that's the reason why they're doing this. Because they have the exclusives with DAZN. They give them seven cards a year. They have fights that they need to give Paramount, who is their broadcast partner. Not only their broadcast partner, but they own Bellator. So I think they're just pooling their resources saying, hey, let's get the most bang out of our buck in the areas where we are and we'll kill two birds with one stone uh they just had a dual event last week one in uh italy and then one in thackerville oklahoma like i said they're just becoming the king of back-to-backs but on that zone card oh my word you have the matchup that we have been waiting for in Bellator the biggest fight really that they could put on at this point now that the Rory McDonald and Gagor Musasi fight is happening you got Michael Venom Page versus Paul Simtex Daily Bellator is going to have a card on February 9th in Newcastle England and honestly that's where I feel it should be because there's no bigger fight that you can make in European MMA. Forget UK MMA. In European MMA than MVP versus Daily. And it should be there in the UK. That's my feeling regarding it. That's most of the fight fans' feelings regarding it. Um, with it being in the US, you don't have tape delay. And that may be part of it. Also, it is a part of the zone's deal with Bellator. All of the fights for the uh, Welterweight Grand Prix will be taking place on the zone. From the people that I've spoken to or that I, I've uh, talked to, they kind of have some issues, which is interesting because the zone is headquartered in the UK, but. I think their setup is a little different and I don't know if Bellator is on that so I mean they're they're the ones that are making the money on it so they know what they're doing doesn't make sense to us uh, on the outside looking in but it's gonna happen (laughs) we're definitely gonna watch it and also on that card you have Jake Hager aka Jack Swagger making his MMA debut oh man yeah, it's, it's going to be... Oh, I'm sorry. It's not on that card. I apologize. That actually is going to be on 
the next big card that Bellator has, which will be on Paramount on January 26th, that Fader versus Bader card. I know I said Fader and it doesn't, uh, <laughs> that's not the man's name is Fyodor, but it rhymes. So on that Fader versus Bader card, now you got Jack Swagger. You already had, um, all, I mean, just phenomenal fights. You got the uh, that fight going on. You have Gegard Musasi on that card uh, with Javier Lovato Jr. And Musasi will be defending his belt. You also have Aaron Pico on that card. Now you got Jack Swagger too. Woo! I don't know what the UFC is going to do on there. 26 card because they're supposed to have a, a card on the 26 too in Anaheim just down the road from where Bellator will be at the forum in Englewood but woo, if you got a pay-per-view coming from the UFC and they would have to bring it and Dana hinted to the fact that he's got some things in the works really looks like it's going to be uh, Woodley versus Covington and the firestorm that that is just the, the, the lightning rod that that whole fight is yeah that should definitely get a lot of attention that way and Dana you know he, he let it be known which we've all known um, his relationship with Tyron has been contentious and I think he's doing everything he can to try to get him out of there um, we'll see what's gonna happen but yeah January 26th it's going to be lit. All right, fight fans. That's it for headlines and hot takes. Next, we will go between the ropes, step into the square circle for the old one, two. In the old one, two this week, fight fans, Amir Khan doesn't have a fight scheduled yet and hasn't fought since his DAZN premiere which actually took place a week before DAZN launched in the US and it was on Facebook but he hasn't fought since then and that was back at the end of August no actually it was in September but it's been quite a few months about three months or so doesn't have a fight scheduled yet but it's not due to a lack of opponents one opponent that's possible for him is fellow matchroom boxing fighter Kel Brook and according to Eddie Hearn who manages both of them that's the fight he wants and that makes sense for Hearn he manages both fighters he makes money on both of them so why wouldn't he make that fight well the reason that that fight might not happen is because of the pride of Omaha Bud Crawford is a possible opponent for a pay-per-view fight on March 23rd on ESPN. Now, per an article by Boxing News, the point of contention for Khan as far as which way to go is a rehydration clause that he wants for the Brook fight. Khan doesn't want Brook to rehydrate over 10 pounds. For Brook, who last fought at 154 pounds, coming in just three pounds over what he had to weigh in at for the last fight might be rough for the man who fought triple g at 160 pounds on the other end 
Bob Arum, who's Crawford's promoter, said that he has not heard back from Khan regarding his offer made for a cool $5 million to face Bud Crawford. Khan, in an interview recently, said that Kel has to win his fight this Saturday in order for that matchup to even be possible. So to me, sounds like he's waiting to see what the outcome of the card is on Saturday before he makes his decision. In other boxing news, well, kind of sort of boxing news, a press release came out on Thursday regarding the rules of the match between Floyd Money Mayweather and Tension Nasakawa. They're going to be fighting in eight ounce rising gloves. It'll be three three minute rounds, 147 pound weight limit, no judges because it's an exhibition fight and it's not going to show on anyone's record. No one's boxing record, no one's MMA record, no one's kickboxing record. The only record that it'll be in is the public record of opinion. Tension said in the press release that he's looking to make a big impression. Looking competitive versus Mayweather? Oh, it'll do just that. Per MMA fighting, Nasakawa is in Vegas training with Jorge Linares, so he's getting some good work on that end. Floyd may have to cut down to 147. I mean, he doesn't, he generally doesn't weigh uh, much anyway, but he may have to cut down just a bit to get there. Tension, he should be able to roll out of bed because he normally fights around 120 pounds. Fortunately for him and for them, this is an exhibition match. It's also in Japan where where they will be self-governed. Otherwise, that possible weight discrepancy will kill this matchup. Floyd is shrewd, though. And just in my heart of hearts, I think that he may be going into this and may not come into it at his peak level because it is an exhibition match and he'll allow those things to happen so the tension looks halfway decent because it'll fuel rumors of Floyd's decline and that will only make the proposed pay-per-view fight with Pacquiao next year that much more lucrative especially if Pacquiao looks good in his fight versus Adrian Broner which is the hurdle that he has to clear in order to make that one happen alright closing things out as far as the news is concerned in the old one too before we get into the lineup for the weekend Adonis Stevenson who fought last Saturday in Quebec, Canada and Adonis Stevenson is from Canada He's been in a medically induced coma since suffering defeat in that fight. Uh, and he suffered it to uh, Vosti. And doctors say that he suffered severe traumatic brain injury in that loss. Physicians also say that it's too soon to know what the long-term effects would be. But this serves as a grave reminder 
of how serious engaging in combat is and how these warriors literally lay their lives on the line. I'm praying for him and for a full recovery if that's God's will. Definitely praying for that for Adonis Stevenson. And I'm praying for him and all fighters because they know the risk as far as what they're doing and the effects that it can have. But they still choose to do it and they choose to do it for our enjoyment. So definitely praying for them. All right. On Friday, December 7th, from Mexico City on Telemundo, you got Antonio Moran versus Edson Ramirez. That's a 10 round lightweight fight. On Saturday, you got more boxing than a little bit on all kinds of platforms. Golden Boy has an event in Indio, California, where Carlos Morales will be taking on Rene Alvarado. That is a 10-round junior lightweight fight. Coming from Sheffield, England, on the zone, you have that fight that Amir Khan said has to be won by Kell Brook, who's taking on Michael Zafera. That's a 12-round junior middleweight, which is 154 pounds. Fight. Again, Brooke has a lot on the line with this fight. And it's supposed to be a stepping stone and a tune-up. But it's just the kind of situation that could come back to bite In Carson, California, on HBO, it's Ladies Night. As Cecilia Breakers takes on Alexandra Lopez, 10 rounds at welterweight for Breakers' IBF, WBA, WBC, and WBO titles. The co-main for that fight card pits Clarissa Shields versus Femke Ermans. That's a 10-round middleweight affair for Shields' IBF, WBA, and WBC titles. In New York, New York, big city of dreams on ESPN proper, not plus, not two, not uh, ESPN U, but on ESPN, the mothership. Well, not the mothership. The mothership is sports, uh, is sports center, but on the main <laughs> ESPN channel, you have top ranked boxing and the number one pound for pound fighter. Right now, the champ, Vasily Lomachenko, will take on number three ranked Jose Pedraza. 12-round unification bout at lightweight for Lomachenko's ring and WBA belts. And Pedraza is putting his WBO belt on the line. On the undercards, you have another WBO title on the line. Or I should say the co-main event. Got Ike Dogbe, who's ranked number one, taking on Emmanuel Navarrete, ranked number nine. That's a 12-round junior featherweight fight again for Ike's WBO title. All right, fight fans, that does it for the old one, too. So we'll step between the ropes and out the ring. And on the other side, we will cover... UFC 231.
the Scotiabank Center in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, will host UFC 231. Headline by featherweight champion Max Bless Holloway at 19-3, taking on 14-0 Brian T. City or Tega for Holloway's UFC belt. Holloway has had four fight contracts in 2018, but will be looking to step into the cage for the first time this year. He was scheduled to fight at UFC 222, was forced out with a leg injury. Then he tried to jump in and save UFC 223 just the following month when uh, Ferguson got hurt. He was going to step in and take on Khabib Nurmagomedov, but the commission during his weight cut stopped him and deemed him medically unfit to fight so the UFC scheduled him to fight Ortega at International Fight Week in July only to have Holloway pulled out just days before the fight with concussion like symptoms that they still don't know where it came from or what triggered it or how it came about it's been a rough year for the Hawaiian who admittedly has battled with depression in dealing with all this. Unfortunately, it could get rougher because T-City is undefeated and seemingly getting better with every passing moment. Ortega stepped in for Holloway at UFC 222 and dealt the former three-time UFC lightweight champ, Frankie Edgar, his only KO loss. T-City is never out of the fight. He had a run for two years of stopping fights in the third round, seemingly snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. And since being in the UFC, none of his fights have gone the distance. On the MMA Hour, Ortega's jiu-jitsu coach, Henna Gracie, said that he got the nickname T-City as being a ringer at the Gracie Academy. What they would do is anytime an adult would come in and think, oh, this is easy or, you know, it's useless. You're all just playing around in pajamas. They send him over to the little pretty blonde blue eyed boy who would then tap that adult out repeatedly and had an affinity for triangles. Max is a warrior, a warrior, and he will be looking to defend his crown on Saturday and keep the blessed express rolling but across the cage Ortega is looking to turn the 10th island as Max has named it into T's city what happens we'll know when Bruce Buffer comes in with the official decision the co-main event is another title fight. This one pits 15 and 3 Valentina Bullet Shevchenko versus 15 and 2 Joanna Jandrzejczyk. This is for the women's flyweight title. And with the exception of the Bantamweight division, no UFC women's belt has ever been defended by its inaugural champion. Flyweight suffered the same defeat as champ Nico Montano lost her belt on the scales 
as she was stripped after failing to make weight at UFC 222 and she didn't even make it to the fight she was supposed to fight Bullet on that card and really since the UFC said that they were creating the flyweight division for women it has been Shevchenko's for the taking she immediately said that she was moving down and since then she's been looked at as the queen without the crown this is supposed to be her coronation and she's only lost in the UFC by split decision to Bantamweight champ Amanda Nunez. Standing in her way is former strawweight champion Joanna Jędrzejczyk. And Jędrzejczyk and Shevchenko have faced each other before, three times actually, in Muay Thai, and JJ lost all of those. That was a long time ago though, and under a different rule set. Like Bullet, JJ has lost to only one woman in the UFC, and that's strawweight champ Rose Namajunas. Unlike Valentina, though, these are the only losses on Jens Reichek's MMA record. And for most of her UFC career, she's fought championship bouts. The only person with a longer championship reign for women is Hall of Famer Ronda Rousey. Both Valentina and Jędrzejczyk walk around about the same way. So this is going to be very, very interesting because JJ has to cut down quite a bit to get to 115. Now that she doesn't have to drop that additional 10 pounds, how is that going to factor into things? All the talk regarding this fight from the face-off and the media day is that Joanna looks healthy. How will that factor in? We don't know. Time will only tell. Will Valentina finally get the goal that she has sought for? Or will Joanna become champion in a second weight class and be the first woman in UFC history to do so. The third fight on this card, which as of late has been really a showcase spot on the pay-per-view, pits two grizzle veterans. You got 16 and three, or I should say 16, three and one, Gunner Gunny Nelson taking on 19-5-1 Alex Cowboy Oliveira at welterweight. It's been almost a year and a half since Gunny's fought. He fought last in Glasgow, Scotland, and there he took a KOL that put Santiago Ponzinibbio on the map. Nelson is facing another tough customer in Cowboy who's on a two-fight win streak. And he's won four out of his last five. Two of those have been by submission. And the other two have been by strikes. A win can lead to much bigger fights for either man. Calgary's own 8-1 Mean Hakeem Dewadu will clash with 8-3 Kyle Crash Bosniak. This has all the makings 
of the Voices Marquee matchup, but didn't quite get the nod for this card. The WSOF vet, Dewanu, is fighting for the second consecutive time in the friendly confines of his native land, Canada, eh? His only loss in the UFC was his debut, and a victory will give him his first winning streak under the banner of the world leader. Crash? Yeah, he's been trading wins and losses since joining the UFC two years ago. All three of the blemishes on his record have come under the bright lights of the world leader. If his trend of winning and losing and winning and losing continues, he's due for a win in this fight. Now, in his last matchup, it didn't quite go his way, but he gained a lot of fans in a fight of the night performance with Zabit Magomedov back at UFC 223, uh, the Brooklyn card where Habib won a title. Okay, full disclosure, I do my best to be unbiased. I give the fight a strength, I give trends, and I do not pick winners on the show because I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. However, when it comes to my fellow Nigerians, yeah, I throw all that out the window. So the voices marquee matchup pits 17 and 4, and I'm going to call him by his whole name, Baba Jimmy, the poster boy, Manawa. Taking on 19-6 Tiago Maheta Santos at light heavyweight. This is Maheta's second bout at 205. First one was in September when he stepped in for Glover Teixeira on short notice and was supposed to face Manoa then, but Jimmy pulled out of the fight about a month before it took place with a hamstring injury. This is a clash between heavy hitters. I mean, Maheta means sledgehammer in Portuguese. And he brings those hammers when he comes in to fight. He's also on a three-fight, or I should say this is a division where a three-fight win streak could warrant a title shot. If Maheta were to win, that'd be two. But I'm... Wondering how his chin is going to hold up. Because three, or I should say half of Maheta's losses have been by KO. And all of those have been at middleweight. Will his chin hold up at light heavyweight? A full 20 pounds more of man throwing punches. Especially seeing as his first matchup in the weight class was with another middleweight that was making their debut at 205 so it was really just two middleweights that happen to be fighting at 205 not two people who are for real like heavyweights and if Anders hadn't gassed he probably would have won that fight in 2017 Jimmy was on the cusp of a title shot until he ran into no time uh, Alexander Volkov and got pushed back in the queue. What doesn't help Manawa is that his last fight was a dud and a loss on top of that to Jan Blahovich. I mean, he just seemed like he couldn't find Jan and he couldn't pull the trigger. At 38 years of age, Jimmy doesn't have a lot of time left. 
And if he wants to be champion, he needs to get off this losing skid. Or this could be the beginning of the end for him. All right, shout outs to Claudia Gadelia. I love me some Claudia Gadelia, y'all. Love Claudia Gadelia. She's taking on Nina Ansaroff. Uh, this is the preliminary, or I should say the feature prelim on the FS1 card. Nina's got a three fight win streak, but she's facing the toughest competition that she has ever faced in former title challenger Claudia Gadelia, who had a nice bounce back win over Tisha Torres in her last outing. A lot is on the line as the winner could be a fight away from a title matchup. That does it for UFC 231. Up next, the official results. And the winner, by unanimous decision, is you, the Fight Fans. Thank you so much for listening to the MTNV Main Call with your man, The Voice. If all goes as planned, I will provide round-by-round video commentary for UFC 231. So make sure that you're following MTNV Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and or YouTube. Our podcasts get released first via Anchor. So if you want to get it hot off the press, Anchor.fm is the place to go. A lot of people listen to our podcast via Apple. So hey, thank you for doing that. And make sure you're subscribing to MTNV Sports there. But be kind enough to leave us a review also. It really helps us to know uh, how we're doing and what we need to do to bring you the best content possible. Salute to our sponsor, Pocket Cast, uh, which you can use them either on iPhone or Android to listen to not only MTNV Sports and our roster of podcasts, but over 500 other podcasts. You also can uh, give us a listen on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Now, Fight Fans, one has a card this weekend, and they've got some notable people fighting, like Mei Yamaguchi, former middleweight champ Vitaly Big Dash, and there's a welterweight bout between Thani and uh, Abasov. Yeah, Abasov. The winner of that fight could face newly crowned champ Sebastian for a welterweight matchup a little later on, or I should say earlier in 2019. You also got Kombache, America's Cobra Kombache, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal matchup of eight fighters in a tournament first round is the quarterfinals one round that's it then three rounds in the semis and three rounds in the final 
each of these eight men that are vying for the Copa Combache are coming from different countries, so it really has that international uh, football flavor to it. You also have Cage Warriors 100, their 100th bout, their 100th fight card. And in it, you got a headline in title fight with Shaw versus Akundeo. I'm sorry, Ekundeo. That's right, Niger stand up once again. So, uh, I told you all, I am not going to be uh, unbiased when it comes to my Nigerian brethren, hoping that Ekundayo comes out with the victory and that that's the uh, lead up for him to get into a major organization. You got an LFA card this week too, so again, fights, fights, and more fights, whether it be MMA or boxing. Take your pick. Watch multiples uh, at the same time if you can do it like that. Either way it goes, it's going to be a wonderful weekend, fight fans. So, sports fans, rejoice! My team, my voice. And until next time, it's your man, The Voice, host of the MTMV main card. And I'm sounding off. <laughs>